Good evening and welcome to Conversations with Crystal. I'm your hostess, Crystal, and this evening I have an absolutely wonderful guest and her name is Paula McMahon. Hi, Paula. How are you today? I'm absolutely wonderful, thank you. How are you? I'm really, really good, thank you. (laughs) You know, I'm so pleased when you said that you'd be part of this show um, because I remember you from a very long time ago out at the Carousel and probably other places as well. Oh, that's going back. (laughs) And as a... um, budding guitarist back then and of course I was already a singer uh, or vocalist um, you always took time to talk to me and I think that that shows you know that there's an element of humbleness with you that you want to share your knowledge with others and I think that that's really fantastic oh that's very nice of you to say so I do try (laughs) don't always succeed but I do try Yes, and what um, what really made you shine out for me, Paula, was your style. Uh, you know, apart from how kind you are, was your style and how you took command of the stage. You've got a great presence and you play the guitar and sing. And I just looked at you and I thought, wow, this lady has it all together. Well, that's very nice of you to say so, but it, it took a long time to get to that stage, I tell you. Yeah. Um, you know what it's like in, in music when you're female yes. and you get up and you play with men and they make assumptions about you, especially if you're an instrumentalist. Vocalists, fine. You know, you're there, you're in front, all your job, your only job is to sing the song. Mm-hmm. But when you're there with an instrument, they don't expect you to be able to play it. That's exactly right. And I, I find that um, I find that very very frustrating because I'm never sure. I've never been sure whether I'm a singer who plays an instrument. I, I play a few instruments as it happens, mm-hmm. but um, whether I, I'm a, a singer who plays an instrument or an instrumentalist who plays an instrument. And um, so, you know, what do you do when you get up there? I mean, if you're a guitar player, um, sometimes you have to lead from the front because, you know, you're up there, you're not only are you a singer and you're conducting the band mm. because that's what's expected of the vocalist because you're the focal point of any band that's on stage. That's right. Uh, and... Um, so as the vocalist, you're expected to conduct the band. But then when you're an instrumentalist as well, um, you, you, you really do have to exert yourself on the band, especially if you're in an open mic situation. Yes, yes. And uh, in that situation too, I've found um, at different points that um, one, some and I hope I don't get crucified for this, some men, <laughs> some fellas don't like a woman uh, leading the band or telling them what to do. So men don't some... like women telling them what to do, full <laughs> stop. I mean, come on. No, they don't. Here I do. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of like the shocked look on their faces is like, hey, what are you doing? Like, you know, and I just think, but then I've had other times where I've had people in the, the the open mic situation come up to me afterwards and go, well, you know what, we don't have singers that lead the band like that and we love it. So it's, you know, six of one and a half dozen of the other really. Yeah, I've had the same thing. Uh, I mean, I've had, had guys, look, look, don't get me wrong, I love men. Oh, so do <laughs> I. <laughs> so do I. You know. But uh, I've had them have people say to me, oh, look, you're really good to play with because you let us know what's going on. Yes. And, and you do it with body language as much as anything else. You, you don't have to be a harridan <laughs> <laughs> in order to take control. You, you, you just have to kind of lead from the front and make them feel confident that you know what you're doing. Yes, um, yes. Yes. Have you found, Paula, we're talking about uh, working with 
men, but have you found uh, working with other women a challenge or is it easier? Uh, it depends on the other woman um, because, uh, you know, as well as I do, we are very competitive creatures. <laughs> we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I mean, with girls, I know sometimes if I if I come across a singer who can really sing, you know, I, I, I thought, oh, my God. Oh my God, I'm in trouble here, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm not quite sure what to do. Um, but at least I have um, my instrument to, to fall back on. Uh-huh. But um, but yeah, no, we are we're competitive creatures, pretty much like like men. Uh-huh. But um, I, I I think if you're let, let's put it this way: if you're a woman in a band and you're the only woman in the band. Uh-huh. It's it's not the men in the band that are the problem. It's their wives and girlfriends. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> because they think, you know, for some reason they think, oh, my God, if, if I leave them on their own, they're going to be at it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, we're not there for any of that. We're there to play music, not... And we've got our own fellas anyway. Exactly. You know? I'm, I'm there for the music. I'm not exactly. There We're there else. for the music. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but um, it's very interesting, all the dynamics, isn't it? Oh, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I've had some interesting situations. I think you witnessed one of them, actually. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there we are. That's another story. Yeah. <laughs> Poor old Pedro. Yeah. <laughs> now, Paula... Um, I've, I've known you for a while and I, I've seen you around much before that as well, but I really don't know whereabouts you got started or who or what was your earliest inspiration or influence. Really good question. I, I started, my, my interest in music was just, it was organic. It, it was sort of there in me. Uh, and I joined school choirs and stuff, and I was only seven or eight or something like that. And um, then I got the opportunity to learn to play violin. Oh. But um, it was um, it was like a school thing, and we had this itinerant uh, teacher who came round, and you had to put your name down. And I thought, oh gosh, I'd really like to do that. And I, I put my name down, and we got a I got a violin and. Um, started to play and I, I the in in the UK it's slightly slightly different here in Australia but in the UK there are eight sections of uh, eight examinations that you take mm-hmm. and by the time you get to eight you're kind of a O level or entry uni um, mm-hmm. kind of level um, and I did one to five in the first year oh wow um, I just took to it like like a duck to water. I absolutely loved it. Um, and I could read music and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, <laughs> I, I started going to um, taking classes which were at the boys' school because we were segregated. There was girls there and boys over there. Mm-hmm. And I started taking classes which were was only available to me at the time in the boys' section. And there was a guy there who was just so dishy. Um, and I, and he played guitar and I figured that the only way I could get to know him was if I played guitar too. So I got my parents <laughs> to buy me a guitar. <laughs> and I, I approached him with this guitar and got very close and could you show me how to play this chord, please? <laughs> oh, you know what? That's the best pickup line ever. it really is oh look and I got the date I got a date with him oh lovely and he taught me to play the guitar after one day I ditched him (laughs) absolute absolute dipshit I I really couldn't bear him (laughs) I got to know him um and uh ironically um about oh gosh it has to have been about 25 years later I ran into him in a music shop mm-hmm. and there he was um and uh he, I don't he didn't recognize me at first you know and I said oh hello 
Do you remember me? How are you? Yeah. Oh, oh, he goes, oh, 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 yeah. Oh, <laughs> didn't we have a date? Yeah, yeah. What, what, what happened? I didn't see you again. Oh, I moved away. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, love it, love it. So, Paula, from that first moment, so how old do you think you might have been, if you don't mind me asking? Mm. Uh, I would have been about 12. 12, that's awesome. 12, 13, you know. Um, but I, I, and I talked to guitar and I didn't realise I could sing. Right. Well, um, because um, when I auditioned for the uh, school choir, uh, they wouldn't let me go in because I've got this low voice. I'm a contralto. Right, yes, it's beautiful. And, and, and they wouldn't let me uh, join the school choir because uh, in the words of the choir mistress i had a voice like a foghorn <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> yeah which i thought was was quite rude oh yeah um but i really wanted to join the, the choir so i thought well blow this i'm just going to turn up to the rehearsals anyway uninvited so i did <laughs> good <laughs> good, on you. good on you she didn't notice bless her mm-hmm. and i wound up doing solos that's awesome i love that I love a woman who knows what she wants and is in control of that. Yeah, so do I. (laughs) (laughs) So, Paula, were your parents musical at all? No. um, My my father made a a record in the – this is going to sound funny – but he was stationed in Germany Mm -hmm. um, just after the war and he made a a record in the Nazi over oh. in Germany. Wow. And I listened to that record and he used to sing a little bit like Bing Crosby. Oh, goodness. And he had got this most beautiful baritone voice, my father, and I used to love cuddling up to him mm-hmm. and hearing him sing as I was cuddling him because you get that beautiful, you know, when you hear a, a, a guy with a good voice, you know, talking or, or singing. Yes. And you've got your ear up to their chest and you hear this beautiful rumble that sort of comes from. It's so sexy. I loved it, you know, and yes. my dad used to do that and he'd sing to me. And um, That's beautiful. Yeah, it was lovely. But uh, he wasn't, uh, he, he'd never performed or anything. Uh-huh. But I discovered, um, this is interesting, I discovered when I was in my early 20s, um, my 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 mother was um, orphaned when she was seven. Oh, poor dear. And, um, yeah, um, but I, I didn't discover until in my early 20s that her mother, my grandmother, had been a entertainer in the uh, English music halls oh. in the 1920s, 1930s. Um, That's very and, exciting, uh, isn't it? Yeah, and she showed me a picture of, of my grandmother that was the first picture I'd ever seen of my grandmother's family issues. It doesn't matter. But um, when I was was 22, wow. and, it, and my blood ran cold because it was like looking at a picture of me. Oh, wow. 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 Uh, and she was this entertainer in the music halls um, playing ukulele banjo, and she was an acrobatic dancer and things like that. So, And I didn't know that until I was 22. Yeah. So it really runs through your veins, it's in my heart, it's in my soul, it's in my whole being. Yeah. I live for music. Oh, yes, yeah, so do I, honestly. And isn't it mm. wonderful? Isn't it just wonderful? It's always a good place to run to. Um, it it can be incredibly frustrating because sometimes I pick up a guitar and, oh, wow, this girl can really play, you know, and sometimes I pick it up and what the hell do I think I'm doing, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody has an off day, Paula. Of course they do, yeah. you know. And, and I had this, I, I met up with Albert Lee, who's one of my guitar heroes, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted him to uh, explain some aspects of his song Country Boy, mm-hmm. brilliant piece of guitar work, you know, which he wrote um, uh, along with one of the country greats um can't remember his name at the moment he doesn't matter but i i said look i can play this but it's this part i can't play i can't play all of it and he said oh well some nights it's like that for me too and you know to hear someone that you've admired 
you know, for so many years because I've known about Albert's work since, you know, heads, hands and feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, to know that someone that you've admired pretty much all your life feels the same way about their playing is very comforting. It kind of is, isn't it? That's what I mm. thought when you when you mentioned it. Now, Paula, you're from the UK. Whereabouts mm-hmm. in the UK uh, were you from and how long have you been in Australia? Uh, I was born in Chiswick in West London. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where um, I was born and I, I didn't leave that kind of district until I was seven. Then we moved out to High Wycombe. And High Wycombe was where I grew up. It's where I got all my musical stuff. I used to go to the folk clubs and stuff there. Oh, how cool. Um, um, and so that was in the mid-1960s. Uh-huh. So, uh, and I also used to go into London all the time to all the folk clubs and stuff around London. And so I was right in the thick, right in the very thick of all the folk revival. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> so, I mean, all of the people that were at the folk clubs, I used to jam with them. I'd oh, play with them and meet wow. them, talk to them. It's the people like uh, Bert Yance, John Remborn, uh, Doris Henderson, Jackie McShay, um, Ralph McTell. Um, I, I met and played with Tom Paxton. Um, I did my first um, uh, first tour actually around the folk clubs with Paul Simon. And I was 14. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, and he, he sat and taught me some guitar licks and stuff with all my finger style. A lot of my finger style mm-hmm. comes from Paul Simon, Tom Paxton, and all those, you know, people around that time. Um, I got to play and jam with um, Sandy Denny mm-hmm. at folk clubs and stuff, you know, because there'd be meetings after the club performances and stuff we'd all sit around in the pub outside and we'd sit and play guitar and you know that was when I met all all of these people I knew them all what a fabulous time that would have been oh look is that and it was blues I met Joanne Kelly Joanne Kelly turned me on to the blues Uh, she's just a wonderful wonderful singer um and guitar player and um Bonnie Wright says of Joanne Kelly, I wish I could sing like Joanne Kelly. Oh, wow. Yeah. She, she <laughs> I mean, was amazing. Bonnie Wright. Yeah, exactly. Wow. You know, yeah. Even someone as great as that, and I admire yes. Bonnie Wright. She's one yes. of my heroes. Um, to have a hero that was also happened to be one of my early heroes. Um, yeah. It's really quite nice. You know, yeah. Love it. So you started, you, you, your influence there was uh, folk music, so to speak. Yep, folk and blues. Yep, and then the blues come along. And I happen to know how awesome you are at playing and singing blues. Oh, that's very kind. <laughs> well, I mean it. I mean oh. it. <laughs> so, you. so you got your start then, it was around 14 years old, was it, in the, in the clubs? Yeah, that was when I got my. F- I, I did my first paid gig. I was fourteen. Oh wow! Can you remember how much you were paid, just out of interest? Yeah, I think it was about five five pounds. Five pounds. And when when you think that at the time, round about then, uh, a week's salary for my husband, for my for my husband, for my father, uh-huh. was around about twenty pounds. And you earned five pound in one night. In one night. Did you think at that moment, wow, this is something I think I could do forever? Um, yes, but there is a fly in the ointment. Yeah. Because, you know, for all this music and however much I love music, um, back then all I wanted to do was to be an actress. Really? Really. Uh, and at that time when I was doing all of that, um, I was a member of the National Youth Theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I used to do plays, acting plays. I, I did um, tours with the National Youth Theatre around Europe and you know, things like that. Wonderful, wonderful. So, you know, th- that's where all the stage thing comes from, mm-hmm. the stagecraft, the yeah. stage presence, mm-hmm. taking, talking to an audience and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's where that comes from because it's... Um, 
it's there when I was aspiring to be an actress. Right. And and that's very, very important too, having some stage present and stage craft, knowing how to talk to people. Uh, That's a great skill, I believe. If I've got it, that's where it comes from. You do have it, Paula, you do. So what what made you, um, did you do any acting or film after that, Paula? No, I I did uh, some uh, semi-pro theatre work Um, and um, but it was very difficult because about that time, um, sort of 15, 16, I was also at university reading engineering. Okay. So I, I have a degree, I actually have two degrees, I have a degree in mechanical engineering and a master's. In wow. the same subject, so I, I'm that an engineer. Is awesome. That is no, it's awesome. Not. It, it's it's just I didn't know what the hell else to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, but it's still a great achievement. Um, I'm quite proud of it. Um, yeah. And I wasn't one. I was wasn't the first, but I was one of the early females to get. Um, yeah did a degree in that kind of subject at that kind of level. And did you find it quite difficult and maybe got a lot of um, resistance from males or females that were older than you doing the same courses? Um, Not from the other students really because, you know, if you could answer the questions, if you could do if you could write the papers, um, then, you know, really no one um, really questioned the validity. Um, Mm -hmm. The the professor, when he interviewed me to take me on the course, um, said, he he leaned back in his chair and he said, what makes you think you could be an engineer? And I leaned forward and said, because you think I can't. Oh, good on you. (laughs) um, What a great answer. Well, you know, it seemed to work because he leaned forward and said, okay, let's give you a go. (laughs) Not immediately, but, Mm. you know, that's basically, that's the upshot of what happened. Wow. So when did you first join a band or start your own band, Paula? And what made you do that? Well, because I I wanted to play music with other people because Mm. um, I was in the school orchestra and, you know, playing music with other people and being in plays and stuff with with people. Um, I, I really love that um, exchange of ideas and, um, you know, the, the camaraderie that goes with it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love that. And I really love, you know, the fact that the, you're there as a unit. You're part of a unit when you're part of a band yeah and each each individual has to do their part in order for the for the whole to be great and to be good yeah um and uh, that's that's what I love that's what I aspire to and that's why when I get on stage I want everyone on sharing the stage with me if anyone's going to shine I want it to be each and every one of us yeah, that's that's a great thing. Yes, mm, very, because other, very otherwise there's no point. No, that's right. That's right. It's not all about one person, is it? No, it isn't. No. Unfortunately, not, not everyone thinks like that. No, no, they don't. So, doing that, you're in in that those groups. Did you organise your own band or was that sometime later or had you joined another I different I did. I, when I was doing the folk clubs and stuff, um, I, I came across uh, another girl who, who, who sang really well. She, she, didn't, she, she played guitar but she didn't play all that well, didn't want to play all that well. She didn't, you know, she saw herself purely as a vocalist and she played guitar simply because you know if she wanted to sing she had to have the instrument uh-huh. an instrument there with her and um i spotted her at a folk club and and said you know would she have any interest in forming a duo i play guitar and she would sing and um 
she was, yeah, she thought that would be a really, really good idea. Uh, and in the interim, uh, I ran into a guy um, who played some terrific guitar and sang well, and he wrote songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he said, how about forming a band with me? And I said, yeah, but I'm already thinking about, you know, teaming up with this this girl who sings. And he said, that's great. Get her along as well. I've got a bass player. Um and we, we can have a little four-piece that would be great, you know, two guitars, uh, four vocals. Of course, the bass player sings as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we can, we can have, we've got a band here. Perfect. And, um, yeah, it was. And uh, Steve wrote. And he, he was a great lyric writer but didn't write melodies all that well. I'm much better at writing melodies than I am, than I am writing lyrics. Mm-hmm. And so we worked um, on writing songs, and um, the the girl Leslie, um, she sang them, and she had a voice, um, not unlike uh, the wonder. Jeez, oh, here goes me Alzheimer's. <laughs> um, Ava Cassidy. She oh, had a voice like beautiful. Ava Cassidy. Yes. Absolutely stunning voice, and she could take any song and absolutely make it her own. And we wrote songs that she sang and, you know, and we were doing the folk clubs. We were doing the, the, um, the festivals and stuff. We played the Cambridge Folk Festival, um, which which was a a great privilege and honor. Um, and we recorded an album for leader trailer records. Nice. Um, and then unfortunately, um, Leslie, had some issues with boyfriends and stuff who were mm. on drugs oh. and she um, ended her own life oh tragically. that's very very sad and so but she was she was the main she was the focal voice yeah. she was the voice right. of, of the band and because when when she passed away the the record label says well you know that's, that's what it. we were really interested in yeah. you know um, I'm afraid it, it ain't going to work from here on. So. Oh, that that's, you know. But did, tragic. Did, yeah, tragic. That is the word for it. And did something else then open a – did that then open a door to something else? Yeah, I got else? married. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I got married and, and it, it all sort of kind of fell about and he wasn't into folk music and right. he was a musician but he wasn't into folk music right. and uh, I got into rock and roll right um you know um, we played um we played in rock and rock and roll bands all over Europe yeah for oh many that's years. that's fantastic Paula can you tell me a funny story from one of your gigs um which one <laughs> any any from the time you started there there has to be you would have to have a lot of um fond memories or you know incidences that happened at gigs where you just still have a little giggle about them um yeah but um the, the best ones are actually far more recent oh cool okay <laughs> the best ones are far more recent i i i was doing um, a uh, a gig with Chris Turner and mm-hmm. you know um, some other people. Um, oh, I forget who it was. I think it was Michael Vidal and um, uh, uh, Lindsay Tebbett mm-hmm. from the Choir Boys. And Michael Vidal is one of the you know best bass players in Australia. Um, so anyway, I was doing this little little gig with with Chris. And we were packing up, and this guy came up to me in this very well-dressed, very handsome man he was, and he said, "Well, you seem to know what you're what you're doing." And I, and I said, "Oh, well, you know, I, I do try. Thank you." And we, we we talked. We talked about music. We talked about Chris. And then I said, "Oh, are you a musician? Do you play?" And Chris happened to be stood next to me, listening to the conversation, uh-huh. and he interjected and he said, "Paula." You're talking to Don Walker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I absolutely, I was so embarrassed. 
Oh, well. so embarrassed. I said, oh, don't give me a break. <laughs> I haven't been in Australia that long. I know your name. I know who you are, but I didn't recognise you. Come on. And, and, and plus, yeah, you know, right. after you've been performing for, what, three or four hours and you've set up and now you're packing down, you know, you can be forgiven for that, for sure. Well, I do hope so. And, uh, and I, I have seen Don... Um, a couple of times since, and he was very, very, very gentlemanly and said, hi, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> very nice, I like that. It was lovely, yeah. He is a gentleman and very, well, one of Australia's uh, best and most talented songwriters. And yeah, absolutely. Musicians, yeah. Now, Paula, you mentioned earlier on that we know you play violin and guitar. What other mm. instruments do you play? Uh, I play bass, um, mm-hmm. and um, I think I think it depends on which track you play um, of, of my my songs, but um, uh, I I'm playing bass on most of them. Oh, very cool! Uh, and all the guitars. Um, I don't play slide, um, so I get experts like Chris Turner to Cross, play slide yes, for me. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but I, you know, I've tried to play slide, and I, I'm. Uh, I'm not a natural slide player, so you know I've tried and I'm I'm no good at it. So um, I leave it to the experts. But I also play a bit of mandolin, um, and I I have been known to pluck banjo. Nice, mm. love it. Have you ever ha- had cause besides a when you're recording um, to play banjo? Otherwise. Um. Only at bluegrass meetings when I'll borrow a banjo and, mm-hmm. you know, play. Because I play fingerstyle guitar. I don't yes. know whether you've, you've heard me do yeah. that. I, yes. I play fingerstyle guitar. And um, the, the, um, the, the fingerstyle patterns that you use cross over to banjo quite easily. Yes, they do, yes. Yes. Nice. And so, you know, I, I play that. Uh, I, I just use my regular fingerstyle patterns and yeah you know, and it just crosses over quite easily it crosses over quite yeah. quite easily yeah it, it's just the left hand fingering changes a bit you know. mm. nice i like that now talking about recording and um writing songs and that uh i believe you have a recording company called big rock no, it's not my recording company. Okay. It's Chris Turner and Cletus okay. uh, Carr's uh, recording company, um, Record Label, mm-hmm. which um, was actually started with Chris and um, Pete Wells from, um, you know, the, uh, oh, jeez. This Alzheimer's, I'll tell you, don't get it. It's no, <laughs> no good for you. Um, That's okay. Rose Tattoo. From those oh tattoos. yes, 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 yes. They started the started the record label, and uh, um, Chris was kind enough to ask me to do some recording. Oh, on, okay, on okay, so, yeah. I knew I knew Chris Turner was involved in that, but I didn't, um, to my shame, didn't realise that he was the major part of it. Well, it, it's um, big rock these days is Chris Turner. It's a wonderful, wonderful record label with yes. fabulous artists on it, mm-hmm. um, including Django Blackheart, who are having a great deal of success at the moment. Absolutely. They're a fabulous band. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so th- there's, uh, there's Chris, Django, Blackheart, um, Jim Finn is on it, Cletus Carr is on it, and a myriad of other um, really, really good artists, and they, what the hell they're doing with me, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> <I'm there. laughs> now, don't be like that. <laughs> now, so talking about that, uh, I have here an a one of your tracks called "Watching the Clock." So, mm. would you like to tell us a little bit about that track? Um, that is a song that I wrote. Um, I don't write many, and uh, I, it takes me a long time. But um, that, that's that's one that I wrote, and basically, it's about current affairs, really, mm-hmm. um, and how you know I think we're all being either led or misled um, by those who are supposed to guide our nation. Right. 
Yes. It's a critique of them. That's what it's all about, right. um, especially during COVID. Oh, mm. it's a terrible five-letter word, that one. Isn't it? Yes. Um, and don't get me on politics because I get into a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll stay, we'll stay clear of that just for now, it's, I think. It's best. It's, it's best avoided. Yeah. Yes. So I think what we'll do is that we will listen to Watching the Clock right about now. Watching the clock Man on the TV got another scandal to reveal He's got the inside story and everything he says is real Some secret society fighting revolution Such a bad situation there's panic and commotion but I've got the feeling he's lying like the dickens He's the fox in the hen house, stirring up the chickens Fighting politicians, trying to make his name Tick tock, I'm just watching the clock is a very cool track I must say and how long how Thank long you. has that been out for uh, that was released at the beginning of this year um, mm-hmm. and it's, I, actually I'm working on an album of uh, all my own nice songs, um, which uh, I've actually never done because there's always been other people on any recording that I've, I've had out in the past has always been it's always been songs that have been co-written right. with other yeah, people yeah. Uh, and this is all my own songs i've written melody and lyrics which is really frustrating because i'm very fussy about lyrics yeah. and i'm not very good at it and it takes me a long time well you know what you have accomplished it and congratulations to you for that that's Thank another, you. that's I'm, another feather in your cap 
Mm, if, 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 yeah, it would make me feel like Hiawatha now, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And we've, we, we have one more track of yours as well, but uh, we won't put it in just yet. That's for a little bit later. So right now I'd like to know, do you have a current band or what is your current uh, interest? You, you're doing an album of your own, so that's one thing that we know. But do you have a current band or where are you going musically? No, I don't. I don't have a current band. Um, I, I sometimes, um, when, I, um, when a gig comes up, and I, I do get calls saying, oh, can you, can you play here or there or sort of wherever um I'll, and i'll just call up um musicians that i know and i like to work mm-hmm. with and i'll go out with the paula mcmahon band but i don't have um a regular band it's actually really really hard to have a regular band this day, these days because everyone is in three or four bands yes oh tell me about it and it's trying to organize five different people or yeah. four different people. It's and just oh, crazy making. Four or five different people who are also in four or five bands, other bands, exactly. But don't necessarily coincide. Yes. Uh, and you can't get. You know, I mean, I, I I gave up. I ran a band called Red Corvette, which just played basic rock and ro- rock and roll, which I loved doing. Yes. Um, but I couldn't get the same musicians for more than two two gigs on the trot. Right. Because everyone was off doing other things. And I, I the the quality of the music was uh, of the performances was suffering as a result. And I just sort of thought, well, this you know, if I can't do it to the very, very best that I can, I'm not gonna bother. Yeah, you know what I was just thinking that as you were talking about it, that having one lot of mus- musicians for a couple of gigs and then others, it's the gelling must fall apart, which it obviously does. And as you said, it's it does suffered. and it did yeah. and I thought I'm not going to be associated yeah, with that. Right. Um, you know, if I, if I can't get the same band every time, I'm I, I'd rather not do yeah, it. Right. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And I think um, now to concentrate on your own songwriting and your own uh, recording, I think that that's maybe le- led you to this point to do this right now, so that you can concentrate on uh, you know songwriting and recording. Yeah. You yeah, know, so maybe right. something else will come along later on. Who knows? You know, we can only be open to it. And well, yeah, I'm not saying never. Never that there, there, there are some things which which could happen. Um, because I've, I, I'm no longer in Sydney, as you know. I'm up here in Maitland. Yes. Um, and um, there are some absolutely fabulous musicians up mm-hmm. here. Uh, but again, you've got the same thing. They're all in sort of four or five different bands. And, you know, all the people that I want to play with, I would like to play with, are all in four or five different other That's bands. That's right. Um, but it's looking like I might be able to get something together which would be regular musicians. That would be very and exciting. I'm quite excited. Very exciting. Yeah, I'm quite excited about yeah. that. How, how have... But I wouldn't be the main vocalist. Okay. Hmm. Does that, just out of interest, um, does that bother you much if there's, because you're playing and singing, but if there's a vocalist there, would they be only a vocalist or vocalist and singing? Um, And then how do you feel doing backups? Well, in this instance, um, they don't play an instrument. Okay, right. So, so that they are a vocalist, but they are a really, really good vocalist. Right. So I really don't have a problem. It's like I said uh, when we first started talking, Crystal. Um, I'm not quite sure whether I'm a, a guitarist, a musician, a player who sings, or a singer who plays. Yeah, right. It's a fine line. Um, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there is a line mm. in actual fact. But I'm really, really quite happy um, to be on guitar and just just play. Okay. Mm. 
because um, I, I get a, a great deal of pleasure and joy out of doing that um, and making music because for me, the, the whole is far more important than any single person yeah, yeah. yeah i really like that attitude i really really do and i wish that more people had that attitude you know doesn't everybody <laughs> no some don't mm. but in any case well. that's another story <laughs> <laughs> we aren't going there, are no we? let's oh. not um no, we're not. so what is the best live act or show that you've ever seen Oh, gosh. You'd like to put a girl on the spot, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I, I've, because of where I come from, I grew up in London. And when I grew up in London, which was the 60s, I've seen so many, many, many um, live acts. I bet. I've seen so many, and you know how can you out, out of you know the people that I've seen, I've 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 never seen the Stones live, right. so you know you know, but I've seen the Beatles live. I was going. I've been dying to ask you: Have you seen them live? <laughs> I've seen the Beatles live. Oh wow! Uh, I've seen Paul McCartney yep. live. I've seen people like the Everly Brothers, like oh, wow. um, I've met Tom Paxton. I've met and talked with and toured with Paul Simon, mm-hmm. you, you know, um, Sandy Denny, Fairport Convention, all those people. I've seen all those, all those, all those musicians, all the fabulous, fabulous stuff. Oh, yes. Um, and, you know, uh, I've seen Carl Perkins live. Wow, yeah. I've, I've seen, you know, a people like the Crickets. Yeah. Without Buddy mm-hmm. Holly, I've seen the Crickets live. Um, um, the, the Searchers, uh, the Hollies, um, you know, bands like that. The the blues band. I've seen the blues band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's there's uh... and, and a lot of Australian bands I've seen live. Fabulous, fabulous man, bands. But I I think that the most um, the the one the two the three really that had the most effect on me as live performances was Chuck Berry. Wow, yes. Jerry Lee Lewis mm. and uh, the boss, Bruce Springsteen. Wow, yep, yep. That's pretty some pretty good artists right there. But I'm, I'm just still reeling hearing that you were um, so close with um, Paul, uh, I'm sorry, oh, he's got out of my head who? Paul Simon, Simon, that's it. Yeah. (laughs) I just can't get over that. How lucky. Oh, and I know you don't view it as lucky, but somebody who didn't, hasn't had that chance and loves that music. You know, he he was, he was just there. Yeah, just there. just there at the folk club and he, you know. You know, and um, it was just that scene, know, wasn't it? Come to the clubs and open for me. You know, was what he mm. said, and that was before any of the um, um, the, the Art Garfunkel yeah. thing happened in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, um, once it did, of course, I never saw him again. Yeah, right. You know, he probably doesn't even know I exist now. Oh, <laughs> I doubt that. You're pretty mem- memorable, No, Paula. no, he, I, I doubt very much whether he would sort of even remember, you know, that that was what happened. I, I doubt very much. Anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter whether he does or whether he doesn't. No, it's just... You know, um... I'm not going to know. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, are you going to see Paul McCartney's here very shortly? No. At $700 a ticket, I'm a pensioner. Give me a break. (laughs) You know what? We tried to get tickets and we're like, I don't care how much we pay. We're in those first few rows. Look, I kind of get Couldn't even get them. I think it was up to you when we managed to get through, like row you, and we're just like, nah, that's too far back, so forget it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and... You know, I have friends who are going and, you know, like you, they said, I don't care what it costs, I'm mm. going. But I've, I've seen the Beatles live yes. twice. 
uh, and I've seen Paul McCartney live once. Mm. I narrowly avoided meeting him, actually. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's another story, but he he owns all of Buddy Holly's music. Oh, does he truly? I no, know. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, he does. He's a big, big Buddy Holly right. fan. And uh, he owns all of Buddy Holly. He didn't, well, I don't know what he does now, but he didn't own his own music. No. Um, but uh, he owns Buddy Holly's music and he's a big Buddy Holly fan. And every year in the UK, he used to run a concert um, which was on um, Buddy Holly's birthday. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't celebrate, you know, the Buddy Holly, um, you know, the, the day tragedy, the music yeah, died. Yeah. The tragedy. He wouldn't. He wouldn't acknowledge that. But he'd celebrate Buddy Holly's birthday, and every year he'd have a concert. Mm. And uh, I got tickets to go to this concert, and I took my boyfriend at the mm. time, who was actually a. Um, he was the guitar player in one of the big bands in in the UK. Doesn't matter who. Mm-hmm. But he. Um, we saw this concert. I, I uh, got the tickets, and I said, "Come on, we're going." And he said, "Oh, great!" And we saw the concert, and it was um, Carl Perkins, the Rapiers, um, the Crickets, Bobby V, and um, a couple of other people. Yeah, what a fantastic, I, I what remember. a fantastic night a f- that would have been. Fantastic mm-hmm. night, and right at the end of it, there was a like all the all the guest artists were on stage and they were sort of playing like a massed band. And then they said, oh, there's a guy backstage who wants to sing a song with the band. Would that be okay? Mm-hmm. And they all go, yeah. And out comes Paul McCartney. Oh, you wouldn't say no. Well, of course you wouldn't. <laughs> so, you know, Paul McCartney comes out and he does two songs and his voice then is one of the few voices that actually sent shivers down my spine. Oh, wow. Uh, absolutely, absolutely amazing. Mm. So I, I, I don't think that I would like to go and see Paul McCartney now because he's lost that voice. Oh yes, that's true. Well, he's getting on a little bit, the poor dear. He is. He's nearly eighty, bless yeah. him, and he's entitled, you know. And what's he got to prove? Oh, I'm sure he's doing yeah, it. You know, absolutely nothing to prove. That's for sure. He's had such a yeah. long career, you know. And I think uh, also. Your career too has spanned time and you're still writing and recording. So congratulations to you for that. More out of grim determination than any remuneration. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Paula, I have one more track here that I would love to play and it's called Tobacco Road. Would you like to tell us a little bit about how Tobacco Road came about? I love the track. Um, I love the song. Um, it was it was written by um, John D. Loudermilk, mm-hmm. uh, and originally it was um, an acoustic song. But the Nashville teens in the UK, who I've, I've actually seen live, um, uh, they recorded this magnificent version of it, which is quite rocky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought. I can actually do something with that song and kind of update it a little yep. bit without doing, without changing the arrangement too mm-hmm. much. So on on that particular track, I'm playing everything. Oh wow! I'm very very impressed. Very impressed. Don't be. <laughs> it might not be that good, <laughs> but you know, I I'm actually playing everything. Uh, the, the the drums I program. Yes, right. I couldn't play drums if you paid me, I don't think. No, no. me neither. <laughs> but but I, I, I admire drummers and I, I've played with some absolute cracking oh, drummers. Yes. Um, really beautiful, beautiful, and, um, beautiful and players. And you know who? who Jim Finn, well, uh, Tony Boyd. Yes. Um, I was just going to yeah. say one of the most outstanding for me is Jim Finn. He's you a know, great he, player and he's, and, a, he's a and he's a great fella as well. Yeah. All right, so let's have a listen to Jim Jim actually is co producer. On on, this record? Yeah, on that record. Yeah, lovely. All right, so let's listen to Tobacco Road. (laughs) 
Another fantastic piece of music from you, Paula. Uh, as I said, I, I'm very impressed that you've played all the, the instruments on that track. So can I, good can on I you. share something with you? I mean, I don't know where you, you can put this out on the show if you like, but um, the, the guy, one of, my, one of the lovers of my life um, actually... Um, is is working with uh, John Philip, who is one of the Nashville teens. Mm -hmm. And when I played him that track and said, oh, I've, I've done this, he said, oh, I'm currently working with John Philip. I'll play it to him. I said, don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> There's no room for modesty. <laughs> Somebody wants dare. to play it, you put it out there, girlfriend. Uh, I don't know whether he's he's actually played it to him or not, but, you know, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paula, well, I'd like to thank you so very, very much for being on the show today. Uh, you're just such a lovely, lovely lady and oh, so full. You too. Thank you. So full of the music and still you know, writing your own songs, producing them and recording them. You know, that's um, anything that, well, excuse me, that is something that any young musician can aspire to. And if you had one piece of advice for a new musician, new musician or an aspiring guitarist, you know, getting into the business, what would it be? Never, ever give up. Good. I like that answer. Don't ever give up. Mm. I reckon there's a song in that. I think there probably is. Maybe I'll, I'll go away and write it. I would love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so would I. Probably won't happen. <laughs> well, you never know. You never know. All right, Paula. Well, we will say good night. And once again, thank you very much. And I hope to catch you around the traps. I'm sure we will. Give my regards to your to your lovely husband. I shall. <laughs> Haven't seen him in years. Well, he's still going strong and he makes my life so much better. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, Paula, <laughs> thank you. Good night. Thanks, Crystal. Good night. Good Bye. night. Bye-bye. And that was the fabulous and gorgeous Paula McMahon. You have been listening to Conversations with Crystal. I am your hostess, Crystal. Thank you for joining me again this evening. Next week, we have another fabulous guest for you. So until then, please stay safe, stay happy, stay cool, stay awesome. And most of all, stay tuned to this channel. Good night. <laughs>